Hi, this is Adam, pastor of Faith Methodist Church. We're so glad to have you listening to our podcast. Uh, The sermon this morning uh, is from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. And may you have joy this third Sunday of Advent. I invite you to turn with me this morning to the prophet Isaiah chapter 9. Nine. Nine. Scratch that. We'll go ahead and skip to that. (laughs) I would say we have technical difficulties, but technically your pastor must be an idiot. (laughs) Everybody likes self-deprecation, David. Don't all me. The word of our Lord from the prophet Isaiah. There will be no gloom for her who is in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden, the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, And of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Father, we pray that you would bless the reading of your holy word. We pray that you would open our eyes to see what you have for us, and to see heaven breaking in on earth through your Son, Jesus. Lord, open our eyes to see the calls for joy, the calls for celebration that is all around us. We pray all this in your Son's name. Amen. The King is coming. And when the King comes there's calls for celebration. Just the fact that He is coming is indeed cause for celebration. We have reason of all people to have joy, to celebrate, for our King is coming. And when He comes, joy will be full. Full joy. Everything joy. Joy everywhere and at all times. But in the meantime, as we await His return, as we await that day when joy will be full, 
we do what Christ told His disciples to do. We watch and we pray. We prepare ourselves. We make ourselves ready. We get our houses in order. We do what good folks do when they know that the King is coming. We do what His people do when they know that their King is coming. We prepare and we proclaim the good news. That term, good news, is actually a political term in the Roman world. And it was the pronouncement that the king was indeed coming. It was an announcement that something great was happening in the empire. Perhaps that Caesar was on his way, or maybe a delegation from him was on its way. Perhaps a great battle had been won. That was what was good news. And so when the New Testament writers capture that term, good news, or gospel, they're using a term that the people were very familiar with. But notice that when they use it to refer to Jesus as being Lord, they use that political term in a very subversive way. Because if Jesus is Lord, then Caesar is not. If Christ's kingdom is coming, then the kingdoms of the earth must be done away with. Jesus has made us witnesses of His kingdom. You know what a witness is. Someone who sees something or hears something. Someone that knows something about what has happened. We've seen what this king can do. We've seen his ability to put lives back together. We've seen his ability to help us to love even the unlovely. To forgive those who wrong us. To find in Him forgiveness of those things that we thought we could never be forgiven. We found in Him one who can put marriages back together. One who can save lives. One who can transform families. We've seen in Him one who gives us calls for joy. One who gives us a reason to celebrate. So we've seen something. We've heard in our lives what this king can do and what his kingdom coming must mean. And he makes us not just witnesses, but he makes us ambassadors. Those who who tell what it is that they have witnessed. Those who witness of the kingdom. I'm always struck by the story of the shepherds on that first Christmas morning. How is the lowest of the earth, the lowliest of people, the humblest of servants, who are greeted in the cold, dark night by the angels of heaven. Glory to God in the highest. Gloria in excelsis Deo. And how those shepherds made their way to the manger and saw the incarnate Son of God, the immortal One, the infinite One, as an infant. The eternal One, lying in a manger. And notice what they then do. They go out into the town and they tell everyone what they have seen what the angels have told them. So what they've seen and what they've heard, they make known. They share the good news. They proclaim the gospel. 
The King has come. Our eyes have seen Him. You know, joy is like a signpost for what is to come. It tells us of where we're going. Joy happens when heaven touches earth. When we see glimmers of the coming kingdom, when we see glimmers that the king is indeed coming again, it reminds us that we have reason to celebrate. It brings about celebration. It brings about singing. It brings about laughter. It brings about even tears. Tears of joy. Because the King is coming. And joyful people celebrate. That's one reason why it's important for kingdom people to gather together on a regular basis. To receive messages from the King. To sing songs of the kingdom. And to encourage one another as witnesses and as ambassadors as we go out into the world. We need this. We need this time of of, of gathering together as kingdom people. Too many Christians have too little joy. But joy is something that you can't conjure up. It's something that you can't make for yourself. Joy may not be able to be created by us, but it's surely something that we can seek. And it's surely something that we will find if we seek. It can be found when sought. When heaven breaks in on earth, we find joy. And like in the Chronicles of Narnia of C.S. Lewis, we often step right through doorways into another world when we least expect it. We step into moments of joy, transcendent joy. Sometimes even overwhelming joy. If you're into music, you've probably found it in music before. Whether that music something a little harder, or maybe it's classical music, the original heavy metal. Joy is sometimes surprising to us. It comes as a shock. It shocks our senses. It's like someone flipping on the lights and suddenly everything around us is clear. The prophet Isaiah says that joy will spring, spring into, uh, into reality much like the improbability of Gideon winning the war, winning the battle at Midian, which you find in Judges 6 and 7. As improbable as a victory that is stolen from defeat, sometimes joy, when we least expect it, enters into our world, or better yet, we enter into its world. But the thing is, is we'll have to set aside opportunity. We'll have to make ourselves available. We have to open up our lives to the possibilities of joy. And I promise you this, if you'll set aside holy time and holy days, you just might find yourself stumbling into some holy places and encountering the Holy One of Israel. 
But you have to want it. And you have to want it enough to seek for it. Joy doesn't come easy. Again, joy is not something that we can create for ourselves. It's not something that we can manufacture. It's not something that we can just put a smile on our face and hope for the best. And hey, lo and behold, we're joyful. But if we'll seek for it, truly seek for it, not just say we want it, but actually seek for it, then our Father who is the giver of every good and perfect gift will bring joy along our paths. Or again, perhaps bring us along joy's path. But you have to set aside time. You have to make time. You have to make room for Him, the giver of joy in your life. That's one of the reasons why when the holidays come around, we set aside special gatherings. Opportunities to get together, not just to try to accomplish something, but to share time together as kingdom people. Enjoy things together like hot coffee or a hot meal. That's the reason why it's good to fill your heart and your mind, fill your days with some holy reading. David read, from, read to us from Bonhoeffer's book that we've been reading as guys for these last few weeks for our Theology Thursday. It, it occurred to me, um, I guess it occurred to me this week, it, it's funny the things that you forget and the things that you don't realize about other people. Lindsay and I were talking and, um, and I said, it really is amazing. I, I can't understand not wanting to read. It's just part of who I am. I know I'm weird. But um, I can't imagine not, not setting aside and wanting to set aside. I, I mean, I want to set aside more time to read, to fill my mind, not just, yes, with Scripture, but also with with other texts like Bonhoeffer and Lewis and, and others that have brought so much joy to my life. Um, it's not just that they bring joy, but it's they, they open up my imagination for the possibilities of what God can do because of what He has done in the lives of His people. Again, I'm not trying to preach about reading and I'm not trying to say you're a bad person if you don't read. But I will tell you this, if you'll avail yourself to some, to some beautiful writing by God's people, you'll avail yourself to some opportunities to, to really be woken up and surprised, as Lewis called it, surprised by joy. That's one of the reasons why we hang Christmas lights and, you know, hear silver bells, gleam, you know, clanging around and that's one of the reasons why we put on Christmas music and fill our houses with candy canes and things like that is is to surround ourselves with things that take us into a different world it's funny what happens in Advent it's like the whole world transforms even the pagans worlds transform you go to any shopping mall and if you work at a shopping mall I'm not calling you a pagan but um but the shopping malls, the grocery stores, no matter where you are, everything is just transformed. Lights are hung. Colors that you normally don't see plastered on these big, beautiful houses are plastered on these big, beautiful houses. 
I think that's one of the reasons why it's always been kind of magical. I remember as a kid loading up in the car and riding around and looking at Christmas lights. We'd spend hours, it seemed. It may have been like 20 minutes, but it always felt like hours. I would often fall asleep in the car. You've, if, if you've been here long enough, you've heard me tell the stories of you know, pulling in the driveway. You feel the curb as you pull up into the driveway. Cars didn't have the great suspension they have now. You felt everything as a kid. And you'd wake up, and I'd quickly try to fall back asleep because I wanted to be carried into the house. You know? It was, it was like magic. Step outside at night. Sometimes that's something that helps me. Not just when life is feeling, you know, too busy and overwhelming and things like that, but when, but when you, you lose that sense of, of joy, it can be magical just to do something as simple as stepping outside when it's cold and dark. You can't see a lot of stars in our sky. There are too many lights in metro Atlanta, but you can sometimes see some stars. Last night I did the, this is going to make no sense to you, but unless you're like me, um, I grabbed a candy cane. I love candy canes. Uh, I probably love them too much by the looks of me, but I grabbed a candy cane just, just because I wanted to, to enjoy something for a quick moment. Something as simple as a candy cane. fact is that we're far too easily satisfied. We're satisfied with things like candy canes, a little bit of music, a little ride in the car. We're too easily satisfied, but joy is insatiable. Joy is something that becomes a hunger within us. We seem to be far too easily satisfied with lesser things than true joy. You know, joy is something that we can share. We can find ways to share the joy that God has brought into our lives with others. We can be a blessing because we are a blessed people. We can share joy. At least point others toward it. Tell others about it when we've encountered it ourselves. The prophet Isaiah tells us that joy is coming. Joy is coming because a baby is coming. You know, the nature of prophecy is much like the nature of Advent and the nature of the kingdom of God. There, it's, it, it lives in the reality of the now but not yet. When you read the prophets, you read about how the whole world's being put back together by this baby being born. And this baby has been born, and we look at the world around us and we say, wait a minute, Lord, what's wrong here? The world hasn't been put back together. People are at each other's throats. All you got to do is pull out your cell phone and you realize how frustrated people are and how broken this world is. But the prophets always, they look toward the future and they tell us that these things are happening And there's a sense in which we are now living in the reality of the Son's kingdom. We're now living in the reality that that Christ has come to transform the world. We're now living in the reality of that kingdom, and yet there's also a not yet aspect to it. That kingdom, we still pray, Thy kingdom come. Because it's not yet here fully. 
But the prophet tells us that there's reason for joy in three realities. Notice verse 4, verse 5, and verse 6. Each begin with the word for or because. Joy is coming because first, the burdens and pains of life will be removed. There is a day that is coming when all that hurts, when all that harms, when all that maims will be done away with, will be no more. There's a, um, a family devotional that Lindsay and I read with the kids, I think this past year. It, may have been, it, it could have been four years ago for all I know. Um, that, that talks about how there's a day that is coming when all that is bad will become untrue. It's a beautiful, imaginative way of putting such a remarkable thing that even the prophet here Isaiah talks about. The burdens and pains will be removed. But he tells us secondly that joy is coming because violence and war will be no more. No more will there be striving and battling. But he tells us, and this is the kicker, this is what puts into action those first two things. Joy is coming because a child is born to us. He is born among us. He is born like us. And a son is given to us. We live in that reality of the now but not yet. The Son has come and yet He will come again. The child has been born and yet there is a warrior who is coming with heaven's armies to right all wrongs and to fix a broken world. But now, we live as kingdom people. We live as people that know joy because the King has come into our lives, because the King has come into our midst, and because we have the great work to do of telling others about that coming King. Why is any of this happening? The prophet tells us very simply, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. I think it's the New Living Translation that translates that phrase, Lord of hosts, as the Lord of heaven's armies. What a beautiful and yet powerful image. You know, this is a time when we think about angels. We're just saying angels we have heard on high. We sing about angels during Advent. But do we expect them like it seems Mary and Joseph seem to have expected them? I'm also captivated not just by the shepherds, but also the stories of Mary and Joseph. Mary we read about especially in Luke. Joseph we read about especially in Matthew. Both of them, when the angel Gabriel appears to them, don't seem stunned and shocked or perplexed by the fact that he's there. Perhaps stunned and shocked and perplexed by what he tells them is going to happen. 
But it seems like normal reality for Mary and Joseph. Do we expect angels They are powerful warriors on our behalf. The zeal of the Lord of hosts brings this Christ child. The zeal of the Lord of heaven's armies brings this kingdom into reality. Joy is coming because of God's great and passionate love for us as His people. The King is coming. And He's unlike any other king. He's unlike even King David, Israel's greatest king. His counsel is unlike the world's counsel. Wonderful counselor. He's not like Ahaz. His might is divine. His name will be called Mighty God. His Lordship is like that of a father. Everlasting Father. And His reign will bring true and everlasting peace, the prophet tells us. And of the increase of His Kingdom, there will be no end. Every moment will be better than the last when the king comes again. We don't slow down enough to have joy. We blaze right past those mile markers and those signposts in life, taking hardly any notice of them if we're not careful. Think about your Advent so far. Have you slowed down? Or has it been off to the races? I would say ever since Thanksgiving, but let's be honest, ever since maybe June. (laughs) There's still time. This morning we've lit only the third candle. There's still time to slow down. There's still time to hit the brakes in life. And for some of us, perhaps most, maybe even all of us, it is important that we hit the brakes, that we slow down, that we not miss these holy days that are ahead. That we stop rushing, that we stop spinning, that we stop missing His Beautiful gifts of love. His beautiful gifts of joy to us. I want to encourage you. Don't miss Jesus in the rush toward Christmas. For if you miss Him, you miss everything. The King is coming. 
And we of all people have reason to celebrate. We of all people have reason to proclaim the joyous good news that God's kingdom is coming and He's putting the world back together. And He wants to start in our lives, in our hearts, and among us as His people. He wants to put us back together. Don't miss it. Father, we pray that You would quiet our hearts in these moments. In these moments as we sing, we pray that You would help us to respond to You. Lord, we pray that You would help us to respond to You as You see fit. Holy Spirit, we pray that You would move among us. Touch our hearts. Speak into the core of who we are. Encourage us. Challenge us. Rebuke us. Call us to repentance. Do what it is in our lives that needs to be done. Father, we pray that You would help us to sing with joy and gladness. We pray that You would help us to fall on our knees before You, to surrender our lives, to give all of who we are to You. We pray that You would help us to be ready to meet the King as He comes again. We don't want to miss Him this season. We don't want to miss the joy that He has for us. So help us, Lord, we pray. In His name, Amen. Let's pray. Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, Lord, we come to You with all those things that weigh heavy on our hearts, all of those things about which we are anticipating and all of those things about which we are anxious. Lord, we bring all of our burdens, all of our desires to You and we lay them at Your feet. And Lord, we bring all of our gratitude, all of our gratefulness, all of our thanks, and we lay it at Your feet because You've been so good to us as a people. Lord, You've been good to each and every one of us, and we thank You. We thank You for being so faithful. We thank You for being so merciful. We thank You for being so kind. Lord, we lift up all of our hurts and all of our worries and all of our concerns and all those things that, uh, um, that we're excited about to You. Lord, we lift up Banks as he's away from us for these next few weeks, visiting family in France and Spain. We pray that you would watch over him, that you'd be praying for him, that you would be uh, protecting him, that you would be reminding us to be praying for him as he's away. Lord, we lift up Cheryl Williams to you and pray that you would be with her as um, 
she's heard this news of stage four cancer. We pray that you would be with her, that you would be with the doctors and those that are caring for her, that you would help them and give wisdom. Lord, we pray that you would surround her by, by people like Terry and Doug and people that love her and care for her. They would be a source of encouragement and comfort and strength. Lord, we lift up our friend Jared in Utah, that you'd be with him, watch over him and help him. Lord, we lift up all of our expectant moms and pray that you would be with them, that you would, that you would give grace and strength and health, that you would give rest. Lord, we think of Megan. We pray that you would be with her. We thank you so much for her and this baby. Pray that you would continue to be with them and keep them safe and healthy and strong. And Lord, we pray the same for Charlotte. We thank you for this precious child as well. We pray that you would be with her and be with them. Lord, we lift up Cheryl's mom to you and all of the trouble that she's been having these last few weeks. We pray that you would be with her that you would deliver her, that you would give her ease from the discomfort and pain and uh, the sickness that she's been enduring. Lord, help her and give her strength. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that Cheryl had to be a blessing to her mom and be near her, to help her and comfort her and care for her. Lord, we thank you for bringing Cheryl back home safely to us and to her family. Lord, you know us fully. You know those things for which we give thanks. You know those things which concern us and those things we fear. You know how much we love you and you know how much we trust you. Help us to love you more and help us to trust you more. As we make our way through this holy season, filled with mystery and wonder, we rejoice today as those who live in the reality of your Son's kingdom. Help us to live our lives as we await His return, anticipating with celebration the fullness of His kingdom. May Your kingdom come, O Lord. May Your will be done on earth and in our lives as it is in heaven. Help us to trust You completely. Help us to seek You faithfully. You are our rock and our refuge. You are our defense and our deliverer. You are our strength and our sustainer. We love You. Thank You for being with us this morning. Thank You for helping us to rejoice in the gladdening presence of Your Holy Spirit as we gather together as Your people and worship You in the name of Your dear Son, Jesus, our King, our coming King. O Emmanuel, God with us, the Lord of hosts in our midst, as we continue to tread the path of Advent, help us to seek You while You may be found. In the busyness of this holy season, help us not to miss You. For if we miss You, we miss everything. And now stir up Your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. And because we are sorely hindered by our sins, let Your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory, now and forever we pray. Amen. Father, we thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for how good you are to us and how faithful you are to us. Lord, we pray for 
these prayers that are represented on the, these communication cards that you would meet each need. Lord, we lift up these, these gifts of your tithes and our offerings, and we pray that you would multiply them for the furtherance of your kingdom. Lord, may we be faithful as you are always faithful. We pray all this in the name of our coming King Jesus. Amen. And may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. May we go in the blessing of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please check out our website at faithmethodistchurch.org.